2: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I'm joined by Leonora Kravota. Hello, Leonora. Hello, Scott. So, you know, they're celebrating uh, the Supreme Court Justice Katanji Jackson Brown.
0: I think it's Katanji Brown Jackson.
2: Right. Katanji Brown Jackson. And, um, you know, here's the thing. They're calling it a milestone, but... I have to say, you know, is it a milestone or is it just another mandate? You know, is it is it really equality or equity? Is it something um, great that someone did to earn their way to the top? You know, Jesse Owens uh, came, comes to mind as one of the first black superstar athletes mm-hmm. uh, from Ohio State that went to Berlin and was an American patriot and, you know, and did some remarkable things. Of course... You know, Muhammad Ali, there's so many great black leaders. Martin Luther King, I mean, I can go on and on and name probably a thousand black, great black leaders that have really persevered through struggle and, you know, have delivered great things for America and society. And, you know, I would even say... um, uh, the uh neurosurgeon that was in the trump cabinet uh, ben, ben carson, carson is a great you know, yeah of course uh thomas Sowell's one of my favorite uh yeah. philosophers and political minds um you know of course we have clarence thomas on the bench i mean clarence thomas came from nothing blue collar you know i was reading a story about clarence thomas recently
0: Well, there's a new book out about him, so there's a lot of publicity going on right now. But what's
2: so great about him, I saw this YouTube video, for example. I saw he was so approachable. So he's getting out of his limousine. It's kind of scary, actually, when you think about it. Yeah. And a YouTube interviewer comes up to the car and just starts shooting the crap with him. Yeah. And he's laughing and having a conversation with this dude with a microphone, a YouTuber. Yeah. And talking about some you know non political things, sort of like just in general life, and you know what he does with his white white wife second wife <laughs> yeah, second <laughs> wife, but his wife, and she's a you know a trump supporter, right
0: she was somebody who went after this uh <laughs> stop the steal
2: yeah, right, yeah. and they they want to impeach uh Clarence Thomas for this so the mm-hmm. the racist left uh wants to impeach. The uh, what was the only sitting black person on the bench um, at that time, and now we got a quoted you know based uh, um, injection into the Supreme Court, but here's the thing: he he, uh, one of the things that I think is going to be outlined in his book. He's a big RVer. Every year, he actually takes his RV and goes cross country and sees beautiful places in America and. They said in the article that I was reading that half the time people don't even know he's Clarence Thomas. He's that down to earth. Well You know, he doesn't he's not in the black robe. He doesn't
0: Well, I don't think it's yeah. a justice you drive around in your black robe. No,
2: no, 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 no. <laughs> I know that, but what I'm saying It gets is,
0: kinda hot, particularly well, in the summertime. Okay,
2: but the point that I'm making is it's you know, he blends in because he doesn't try to stand out. Well, that's that's and,
0: that's important. And, and without
2: his black robe and he puts his uh, plaid shirt on in a pair of jeans, you know, you may not recognize him.
0: Well, I think that I think that's true with, with just about everybody. But, yeah. you know, it's interesting as we're talking about uh, Clarence Thomas, Justice Thomas, and we're now talking about Justice Ketanji Brown. Jackson, you basically um, have a situation with Clarence Thomas where he grew up. He didn't even speak what you would consider proper English growing up. He had to come. He had to learn English. He's there was a he was in this Gullah neighborhood. They spoke a, a dialect, and you know he went to the College of the Holy Cross. He in what went to, state did he grow up in? Georgia. And yeah. then he went to the uh, College of the Holy of the Holy Cross in uh, Massachusetts. He, he grew up in uh, this poor Gullah community in Savannah, Georgia, and he later went to Yale Law School. I mean, he you know uh, has had incredible opportunities, but he's overcome incredible obstacles to get to where he got. And the thing is, with Katanji Brown Jackson. It's not that she's not a capable person. Obviously, she is. But I think the situation is with Biden, both with Katenji Brown-Jackson and with uh, the vice president, Kamala Harris. He made a decision. I'm picking a black woman. So right out of the gate, so, the, no. the position was chosen based on identity politics. Instead of saying, who is the most capable person for the job? He That's subs- what Trump would say. Which is what Trump would say. He or, And many others would say that he subselected a population. And with Katenji Brown-Jackson, you know... So we have a transition happening here um, where Stephen Breyer, who has been on the Supreme Court since 1994, he is the last, Clinton, Bill Clinton appointee, left on the court because, of course, so no more Clinton. So there's no more Clinton. So now you are down to you've got Clarence Thomas. But Obama's
2: judges are the worst. Yeah.
0: Well, let me finish. You've got Clarence Thomas, who is um, George Herbert Walker Bush's appointee, and is now the longest-serving justice. Now you, and then you add, then you've got the uh, George uh, W.'s appointees, uh, John Roberts and Samuel Alito. So the and then and then after that you've got Obama's two, um, so Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan, and you've got Trump's three: uh, Gorsuch, Gorsuch, uh, Kavanaugh, and. Barrett, and now you've got Biden's one, hopefully one, uh Katanji Brown J- Jackson. So you have this transition that has happened.
2: Really friendly to the pedophiles. Yeah,
0: well, that's that's an issue. Well, there's two things that come up right away with her, and I think we're going to be dissecting. Pedophiles
2: love the choice that Biden made. Well, th-
0: that we're going to be dissecting her more as things happen. Although I got to say, this is a great job. That no sooner do you start, you go into uh recess until October. <laughs> yeah, right? But uh, I'm sure they're working over the summer. I'm I'm, I'm jesting, but but what I'm but what I'm trying to say here is she basically um, did not have enough experience. She was barely on the D.C. court that she was on. She was barely a, a judge Okay, she she had very limited experience. And then on top of that, she was viewed as being soft on certain issues. So this is going to be interesting to see what evolves with the Supreme Court. And also another point I do want to make um, is that now we have a balance? Uh, we certainly have a have a court that reflects America from an ethnicity standpoint, but we also now have, although we don't have any Asians on the court, but we also but we do now have uh, almost a 50-50 split between men and women on the court. And the women that are on the court, just a just a, a minor point, the four that are on, two are married with children: uh, Barrett and, um, and and Jackson Brown Jackson one is divorced uh, so of mayor, and one is never married um, Kagan so you kind of have women that are going to come to some of these issues with different um, points of view based on their on their experiences although you know justice is supposed to be blind where so nobody can say any longer that we that everything is being decided by nine white men so I think that is progress it's just maybe they picked the wrong black woman I've said and I said the same thing about Obama that they they picked the wrong black man it's not that we didn't want a black man or we don't want a black woman we just didn't want that one or this one
2: so to your you know to, just uh to go back to clarence thomas just for a second yeah you had mentioned something to me um uh, a while ago like years ago yeah and you were um look i don't know if you went there or you were looking into some re- you're doing some research on the Black Histo- Historical Museum. Yeah, I forget how that came up, but maybe you could remind me. I think, um, yeah, I didn't. And then you have something to say about Clarence Thomas' presence, and and and, and his accuser with the Pepsi can. Oh. I don't want well, to bring
0: sorry. that. I, Anita Hill, professor. Well, Anita. well,
2: no. Uh, well, well, why wouldn't you? I yeah, mean, The, no, the thing no. is, is that uh, I'll, I'll say it then if you don't want to. Um, it's it's basically that they they put Anita Hill front and center.
0: Oh, in the museum, yeah.
2: That's all I'm saying. Oh,
0: okay. They put. The, the, well, what did you think of the, the African American Museum in DC? Yeah. Um, they basically um, made a big to-do about Anita Hill, and they marginalized Clarence Thomas, who up until yesterday was the second black person to uh, serve on the Supreme Court. Now we have a third.
2: Yeah, I but mean, I mean, <laughs> they gave him, like, back—they gave put him in the back. They put him in the and back. And they put her a, front a, a, Anita in, Hill is right up front.
0: And, and Anita Hill and is And that's a, how
2: biased and liberal— That museum is well
0: exactly, and that's what you see happening. You have all this agenda oriented, um, you know, establishment of of landmarks, etc., going on. Why would you marginalize the Supreme Court justice? We're seeing
2: that whole combination like play out with Netflix, yeah. And you know, it's not just about the quota based system. Like every show you turn on. It's it's uh, trans this homosexual that uh, gay, and now they're they're even changing the narratives. They're making the, you know the uh, LGBTQ parents better parents than the real parent, you know than than real parents. Yeah, right. I mean they're they're sort of, you know they're making them the responsible ones. They're making them the most level-headed ones. You know the one that comes to mind is the series flight attendant right yeah where the coco is her name yeah kaylee coco yeah kaylee coco um basically she's the you know one that's all over the place and kind of a mess and an alcoholic and her brother who Mm. you know is raising a child as a gay man right um is the level-headed grounded one
0: you know and they're
2: doing that in every single series that you watch, although I noticed an again, exception there's I'm... the equity and there 's the quota based systems, and it 's really um in some ways you know you look at the Supreme Court and you say, well, you know it is it is true that we have fifty percent women fifty percent men or somewhere in that neighborhood yeah you know i don 't know the exact number, but you know close to it and and we ought to have a Supreme Court that reflects the demographics of society but then on the flip side, yeah, but you can't social engineer this stuff. You got to, you know, like, I, I think that Martin Luther King got to where he was, his stature, not because he was the greatest man, because he was a womanizer and he was, you know, doing a lot of things he probably shouldn't have been doing, but he stood for peace. He was not a separatist. He was an integra- integrationist, mm-hmm. um, unlike the Black Panthers and the Black Lives Matter, which was basically uh, separatists and anti-American, and like the Weather Underground, as is to Antifa. Black uh, Black Panthers were to Black Lives Matter. Um, he was integra- he was about peace and integration, and you know his dream speech was epic, right? It was one of the mm-hmm. best speeches, perhaps ever given, and he. Did it on the mall. It was a super spectacular moment, and he deserves his place in history. But you know, then you fast forward to you know the era of uh, the Biden presidency, if you want to call it that, and you know it's nothing but deception and lies. It's smoke and mirrors. It's it's make believe. It's it's propping things up that aren't even real. You know, I just would love to see great black leaders get rewarded for their great black mm-hmm. leadership, right? But Contangi J- uh, Brown Jackson doesn't reflect that in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Neither does um, uh, Montel Williams' ex-girlfriend um, uh, or the uh, mayor of uh, San Francisco's ex-lover, uh, Um Oh Kamala Harris. Kamala. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, who is it that is. who you're trying to yeah. think yeah. of. Oh. oh, the Mexican czar.
0: <laughs> no, no, she's the she's the border czar, she's uh, <laughs> she's the abortion czar, she's the czar of so many things and the master and, of none. Yeah, you no. Know, I mean she I mean, she's terrible. I mean uh, at least we can say whether you agree with her or not. Katanji Brown Jackson is, you know, actually has gotten a few things done. I, I don't know what Kamala Harris has gotten done. You so know,
2: it, it is uh, Fourth of July weekend, right? And mm. uh, you know, I am looking at this meme. It says uh, Thomas Jefferson. You know who they, whose statue they want to tear down? Yeah, right. Because somehow Thomas Jefferson's a racist and yeah. shouldn't. You know, it's ridiculous because yeah he did have slaves but you know the thing is is that what he wrote in terms of all men are created equal you know and he didn't practice it himself that's because he's flawed he's a, mm-hmm. he's he's a mortal being um and it's a, he's a product of where he grew up in the, in virginia mm-hmm. and and so therefore you know but he was an he was an intellect you know and we all strive to be an image of God, but we're never ever yeah. going to be God. Right. Yep. We all try. That's what's so great about Christianity. And that's, what's so great about the Bible. And that it gives us aspirations. It inspires us to try to be better people. Well,
0: and that's what we should try. And to that's do. why
2: it should be, uh, that we should, uh, you know, reward family values and family structure. We should reward, uh, buying a home. Uh, we should reward having children. We should reward, uh, you know, ha, you know, the Democrats have it backwards. They want to pay criminals for not committing crimes. Right. You know, when I think it should be rewarded another way, you know, um, that we should have town hall meetings and we should have churches in the center of town. And, you know, I think that our, our, the, uh, our uh, parents and grandparents from the great generation had it right in that regard. You know, they they did things in a structured way, and somehow now we're too cool for school that we can't be like the Mayberries. Right. Or or the, uh, you know, Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith show, right? Um, Now, again, you can have an interracial Andy Griffith show. That's fine. You know, but uh, like, that's why I haven't seen it yet, but uh, there was a black version of The Wonder Years. Yeah, and I imagine it's going to be. Pre- it was sure, pretty am I'm sure it'll it's be, been out for a while, but I'm I,
0: sure it'll be pretty good. So
2: Thomas Jefferson writes this: "When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty." So when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. That's really the theme of the show. Yeah. Uh, the thing I was going to play uh, yesterday, but we ran out of time. I'm going to play it today. It's uh, Tucker Carlson has this list. Of people that are being politically prosecuted in our country, he's down in Brazil right now, and he's doing a a uh, feature piece, and um, and Brazil is teetering, you know, in the balance of whether or not to align with China. They have their own election; it's 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 conservative versus um, liberals; it's right versus wrong, <laughs> and um, and. If it goes left, they're going to end up like Uruguay and Chile and and uh, a whole bunch of other countries that uh, have bowed to China, and, uh, and China is going to have more leverage than they ever had. Not only are we allowing them to buy up our land, you wonder, uh, Biden, can he actually do anything, or does China have all the goods on the Biden crime family? So there's that. puts us in a very compromising situation. Um, to say the least, I want to play the, um, I want to play this really quick sound clip. There was a pack of lies that Joe Biden told over at the, at the, uh, I think it was the G7. Yeah. Yeah. The G7. And, uh, this is the, this is the one of the, one of just one of the many lies that Biden, uh, told. Let's take a listen. Our inflation rates are lower than other nations in the world. Okay. Now, there's a a meme. Uh, I got this meme off of uh, Box and Friends.
0: I can read it if you like. Sure. Okay, so Joe Biden says that our inflation rates are lower than these other countries. Let me read some of these other countries. Japan is 2.5. France is 5.2, which, again, is high for France, but it's, but it's still uh, proportionally not as high as ours. Italy is 6.8. Canada is seven point seven. Germany is seven point nine. The UK is seven point nine. And drum roll, please. The US is eight point six percent. So how is it that we're lower than other countries when we're the highest? Well, think about
2: it. <laughs> you know, the the uh, inflation, the supply chain, the uh, uh, you know, the shortage on baby food. Every every single problem that we have is 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 stemming from the covid lockdowns now you know these things didn't just happen overnight no but trump didn't want to shut down trump was very clear he did not want to shut down the whole economy no he had just created the best economy in the history of america and then, all of a sudden, Fauci comes along, the criminal that he is, and they they put forth the biggest risk redistribution of wealth scheme in world history, mm-hmm. and they killed more people than Hitler to do it. These globalists are monsters, folks. They're absolute monsters. And I'm talking about Emmanuel Macron, I'm talking about uh, Justin Trudeau I'm yep. talking about Joe Biden <clears throat> I'm talking about the leader of Germany whoever that is Schmidt mm-hmm. um and I'm talking about all of these globalists not just Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and and the International Monetary Fund and that mm-hmm. uh who's that French woman that runs that
0: Christine Lagarde yeah
2: mm-hmm. and um and all these people in between, they're just all a bunch of liberal, socialist, commie pigs. They're elites. They're elitists. They're, they're, they're akin to or they're, they're uh, like kinship related to the academic world. And the academic world is kinship related to the medical world. And everybody is in this club. Trust the scientists, uh, follow the guidelines, do the check boxes. Uh, these are the theories that we uh, subscribe to. These are the theories we don't. These are the words we print. These are the words we don't print. These are the people that we prosecute. These are the people we don't prosecute. Yeah. You know, and it's just like that. The wheels of government. These cushy jobs, it used to be that, oh, you got a government job, so you're probably not making that much money, but you're going to have a good retirement fund. Yeah. Well, now it's just the opposite. I got a cushy government job. I can't get fired, and they're paying me way more than I'm worth. Yeah. I mean, that's not the way government was supposed to be set up, folks. But that's the way it is right now. Yeah. And shame on those FBI agents that strap on those guns and bulletproof vests to break down doors like Roger Stone and Paul Manafort and Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro and you can go on and on and on. John Eastman was just shaken down. He was the attorney for Trump. Um, you know, Mayor Giuliani was uh was his doors were were busted open. You know, it's just it's wrong. And now they're talking about this filibuster. They're going to try to yeah. put a vote into you know, and we have a bunch of clips that we can play uh if we have time we will of Joe Biden saying the filibuster would be a terrible thing, mm-hmm. and that was back when um you know the, the 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 uh shoe was on the other foot yes yes and uh you know it's just this thing, but um in any case, I think now would be a good time to play this tucker piece mm-hmm. um and again, it's about political prosecution. Incidentally, speaking of political prosecution, Liz Cheney had a debate last night, yeah. and um, and according to uh, according to uh, <laughs> the Gateway pundit says DC rat Liz Cheney's debate tonight that was last night uh, is closed to the public because she is so hated by her voters. Liz Cheney took time off of the Thursday night from attacking her voters, Donald Trump and anyone who disagrees with the D.C. elites to make a rare trip to Wyoming for a political debate. Cheney is running for re-election in Wyoming. She rarely travels back to her home state. She's too busy leading the January 6th committee's show trials against Trump and his supporters. Tonight's debate, or you know, Thursday night's debate, was closed to the public. Cheney is so unpopular that they had to close off the debate. Thursday's debate, hosted by Wyoming PBS in Sheridan, will be closed to the public for security reasons and to prevent people from disrupting the event, the station's general manager Terry Terry Douglas said in a statement. So people, they're afraid, just like they want to barricade the Capitol, just like they need to barricade the White House, just like they need to barricade the G7 summit, and all these other globalist moves. I am telling you, folks, the people in the world, not just Americans, hate, literally, they hate the globalists. The globalists aren't selling people what they want. They're selling people what they think they need, and they're getting rich in the process. And that's not representing the people. That's making the false assumption that you know best... Or you know more than the swath of, than the majority of people. That's not a majority minority democracy. What that is, is that's tyrannical government. That's communi- communism. That's socialism. That's uh, fascism. When you pick winners and losers based on skin color and gender, The Democrat Party stands for every single thing that the Constitution set out to try to prevent. And here we are, waltzing into Independence Weekend to celebrate America's independence. And we are nothing close to that right now. I remember back in the 80s and 90s, I felt a sense of freedom. But right now, I don't. I feel like a prisoner of my own government. And that's why I never thought I would feel this way in America. I used to always, when I was younger and perhaps more naive, I always thought that the government had my best interest at heart. But ever since the internet uh, changed the way we do business and the multinational corporations uh Allegiance was no longer with the American people and it was more with the world's population to maximize profits. It, it became the situation that the politics and the geopolitics changed dramatically because corporate, corporations ruled the day, uh, probably more so than we ever dreamed that they did. And they controlled the airwaves they control the messaging, the narrative. They control the politicians who control the um, law, the the law, law enforcement. They control the judges because it's the politicians that get to pick the judges. It's the politicians uh, who are DAs that get to control the law enforcement. You know, and so it's it's a it's a vicious cycle. We send our children off to college and they get indoctrinated with liberal ideas. Now they're saying that works with college. Let's make it work with eight year olds. Let's make it work with 10 year olds who are going to be voting and not the next election, but the election after that. In 2024, uh, you know, a 10 year old isn't going to get the vote, but a 10 year old gets the vote in 2028 because they'll be 18. If it was 2020, I'm going yeah, on I that. Yeah, I understand what yet. you're saying. <laughs> yeah, from the Trump election, right? from the Trump election where he was robbed, uh, 2024, 2028, that's eight years, a 10-year-old that's being indoctrinated with their teachers, their trans teachers, their cisgender teachers, their pronoun teachers, their rainbow coalition teachers, you know, whoever, whatever they're talking about. It's complete nonsense. I tuned them out. Talking about boycotts real quick, before we get to the Tucker clip, um, I will say this, you know, it doesn't really pay to boycott uh, because BlackRock and Vanguard own both Pepsi and Coca-Cola. Yeah. So you boycott Coca-Cola thinking you're going to really, you know, throw a jab at Coca-Cola. Guess what? You're still going to give Larry Fink at BlackRock the profits that he was looking for because you're going to buy Pepsi. And so... You know they own everything, so it's always got, the money your money's always going to make it to the top of the pyramid and that's the globalist structure. So there's no way to get around that. but what you can do with your boycotts, because I, I, I think that boycotts are valuable, I think that what you can do with boycotts is you can tune off, turn off um, television to give them poor ratings. And you don't have to indoctrinate your kids or yourself with a bunch of you know uh, distorted images of w- uh, of what they say is a reflection of society. You don't really need to do that. You don't. So you know, like I say, recently there was this um, AMC Plus series I was going to watch, and then all of a sudden, the uh, doctor role that was being played, the star of the thing was. Oh, he's a gay guy. Right? Yes, always. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, uh, you remember that, Leonore? Yeah, we we were gonna watch this series. Oh yes,
0: and we. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I think it was. It hurts a, a lot. I think it was a British yeah, it's series. Called a, it hurts a lot. No, because what's yeah. happening now is and suddenly like, no, your sexual relationships part of the story all the time. Yeah,
2: I'm not doing it. All right. You know, All of a sudden, the gay doctor is the smartest dude in the room, and he's the star. And it's just a you know, it's just exactly what they did with Ketanji, uh Brown Jackson. Uh, it's this equity thing it's this unlevel playing field it's not about being the best it's about being born a certain color or a certain and i am totally against that that is the foundation by the way of racism is to ba- to to base your behavior on whatever somebody else's skin color is or gender that's discrimination and i think it's wrong so you know that's that. I can't say it strongly enough, though. You know, it's it's absolutely wrong. You know, it's it's not one of those gray areas. No, for me. it's not gray at all. Yeah. So let's take a listen to Tucker Carlson. He has a he lays it out really nice uh, with respect to all the political prosecution that's going on in in our country right now from the Biden regime.
1: Reasons. That the signature tactic of the Biden administration, this is our topic tonight, has been the criminalizing of American politics. Why have a political debate when you can just arrest people who disagree with you? And that has happened far below the media radar since the day Joe Biden was elected. And tonight, to show it, we want to go through a litany, a list of Americans who have been arrested, detained, By federal law enforcement on the orders of the Biden administration, not because they committed recognizable crimes, but because they disagreed with the political aims of the Biden administration. Now, again, you're not reading about this in The New York Times because the rest of the media are pretending that it's not happening. And instead, they're focused on the January 6th committee, which has taken, in fact, a lead role in this effort, rounding up enemies of the state. The entire process is a farce. And that was proved yesterday. If you watch the hearings yesterday, you know how absurd it is. Democrats, with the help of Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, called up a star witness who testified she heard someone else say that Donald Trump attacked a Secret Service agent and tried to carjack the presidential limousine. Think about that. The president of the United States tried to seize control of the presidential limousine that he wasn't driving. It didn't make any sense. And then by the time that Secret Service agents who were on the scene denied the story to NBC News and other news outlets, nobody cared. They weren't even pretending that it was true. The initial story was the point. The shock value was the point, not the factual basis of it. That's what passes for rigorous investigation in Congress at the moment. But no media outlet is going to revisit their decision to turn over their airwaves to the January 6th committee, even after yesterday's debacle. It is, in fact, a show trial. It is absurd by definition. And its absurdity is the point. The absurdity of it, the hollowness of it, sends the message. We run the justice system now. You are powerless. And that is the same message the Biden administration has sent to America for the last year and a half with the help of Merrick Garland, the most political attorney general in history. Here's a list of the things they've done because no one else has assembled it. Here we go. January 27, 2021, days after Joe Biden's inauguration, the Justice Department arrests a man called Douglas Mackey, known online as Ricky Vaughn. You heard very little about this. Why? Because Douglas Mackey had extremist political views. But under the American system, it doesn't matter if you have unattractive or unpopular views. Your views are protected by the First Amendment. He was arrested for what? A crime? No, for creating Internet memes that made fun of Hillary Clinton. But according to the Justice Department, those memes, quote, deprived individuals of their constitutional right to vote. So he went to jail. Then on February 3rd of the same year, 2021, the FBI raids the homes of Russell Taylor and Alan Hostetler. What did they do wrong? Well, they organized a lawful political rally on January 6th. They even had a permit for the rally. Taylor also committed the grave offense of being seen with Roger Stone in the days before January 6th. That's now a crime, too. Not in a free country, but in ours. Then on April 28th, 2021, the Fed seized the cell phones and computers belonging to the president's former lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. That didn't used to be allowed. You can't seize the records of someone's attorney. Those are confidential lawyer-client communications. Now, at the time, we were told that Rudy Giuliani had done something illegal in Ukraine. The walls were closing in. He was never charged with anything like that because it was all fake. But they got his privileged communications anyway. Then on June 24th, 2021, the feds raided the home of a Giuliani associate called George Dixon. The FBI never explained the purpose of that raid. But Dixon was working on a documentary about Joe Biden, Hunter Biden and their business dealings in Ukraine. And that's no longer allowed. A direct attack on the free press, not covered by the media. And then, because this list does go on, on January 19th, 2021, a journalist at Infowars called Owen Schroyer was arrested and charged. Why? Well, according to the federal complaint, Schroyer told the crowd on January 6th, quote, Today we march for the Capitol because on this historic January 6th, 2021, we have to let our congressmen and women know, and we have to let Mike Pence know that they stole the election, end quote. Now, you may not agree with that, or maybe you do. It doesn't matter. That's protected speech under our Constitution. But under Joe Biden, it's a crime. And then on November 6, 2021, the FBI raided the homes of several more journalists who work for Project Veritas, including the organization's founder, James O'Keefe. What did they do wrong? Drug trafficking, human trafficking? No. They reported on a diary written by Joe Biden's daughter, Ashley. And in that diary, Biden's daughter writes, reveals to the rest of us that Joe Biden showered with her in a way that she described as inappropriate and that she blames for making her sexually compulsive in later life. For having access to that information. The FBI raided Project Veritas.
0: I'm sorry. So, what is this regarding? This is the search warrant. Just,
1: open up. Open up. So, another team coming? Yeah. So, maybe we to split up. Oh, Trump's a fascist. Remember that? Did Trump's DOJ raid the homes of a lot of journalists who embarrassed his children? No, you don't remember that because it didn't happen. But Joe Biden's Justice Department has done that. And then they kept going. Later that same month, on November 15th of last year, the Justice Department arrested one of the most prominent critics. That would be former Trump advisor Steve Bannon. Now, what does Steve Bannon do wrong? Did he commit a crime on January 6th? No, he didn't. And no one claims otherwise. Instead, Bannon's crime was that he didn't bend the knee for the January 6th committee. He cited executive privilege. According to Nancy Pelosi, that means Steve Bannon belongs in jail. Do you think people who refuse to comply with congressional subpoenas should be prosecuted by the Justice Department and at the end of the day go to jail? Yes. You do? I do.
0: I do. Well, first of all, this, you know, people say, well, this hasn't happened before. We haven't had an
2: insurrection incited by the president of the United States and one of his toadies having knowledge of advanced knowledge of that happening. Uh, So, in fact, it's important for a number of reasons It's important for us to find the truth about what happened on January 6th, an assault on our Constitution, our Congress and our Capitol.
1: (laughs) An assault on the Constitution. Okay. so, no, in other words, we don't arrest people for ignoring congressional subpoenas, particularly when they cite executive privilege, a principle that has a long history in American history. We've never done that. Well, we can do it now because it was, quote, an insurrection, an insurrection that wasn't armed, wasn't planned and didn't actually insurrect anything. But it was still an insurrection. Now you're beginning to see why it's been so important from the very first day for the media to describe what happened on January 6th, not as a riot, but as an insurrection, because if it's an insurrection, they can violate your civil rights. And they have and they continue to. A day after Steve Bannon's arrest, this would be November 16th, 2021, the FBI raided the home of Sharona Bishop. That's the former campaign manager for Congresswoman Lauren Bollert of Colorado. According to Bishop, here's what happened. Quote, While homeschooling my youngest children, the FBI decided it was necessary to bust open my front door with a battering ram and put me in handcuffs while they trampled through my home, terrifying my family. My daughter was pulled around by the hoodie, by her hoodie, by one of the agents. Now, why would you do this to the former chief of staff of a sitting member of Congress? Well, the FBI gave no reason. They took Bishop's cell phone and they left. Never charged with a crime. Then that same day, and you didn't read this in the New York Times either, the feds hit the home of Mesa County Republican clerk Tina Peters. What was the justification for that raid? We're breaking into a lot of houses all of a sudden of Trump voters. Why? Why? Well, in this case, DOJ said Peter's raised doubts about the legitimacy of the last election. That's not allowed anymore. Can't question the outcome. They didn't arrest her. They just tore her house apart. Peter called the raid evidence of, quote, a level of weaponization of the Justice Department we haven't seen since the McCarthy era. But of course, even during McCarthy, no one did that. In May, she came on Fox Denver to explain what exactly happened to her. Watch. My attorneys, when they read the indictment the other day, they—I mean, uh, Harvey uh, Steinberg—and I've got the best attorneys—and they just laughed. They said, "Are you kidding? This is this is a, a political maneuver to shine the light on me, to keep me from running against and defeating Jenna Griswold." Oh. So in the name of punishing people for complaining about the last election, they're subverting elections currently taking place. And last night, the woman you just saw, Tina Peters, lost her bid for secretary of state, which, of course, was the whole point of targeting her. Peters would not be the last opponent of the Biden administration running for office to be targeted by the Justice Department. On June 3rd, Peter Navarro, who was a trade aide to Donald Trump, was arrested at Washington National Airport and put in leg irons and put in jail. Why? Well, days earlier, he sued the January 6th committee. He claimed executive privilege in his communications with the president. Again, this is standard, a decades-old standard. And rather than go to court, the January 6th committee simply had him arrested at the airport and sent to jail in irons. Navarro went on this show to explain what happened to him.
0: The mission of that
1: partisan
0: witch hunt kangaroo committee, which is unduly authorized and not properly constituted and has no subpoena power. They have only one mission, to concoct a fake hoax around January 6th based on criminal charges against Trump to prevent him from running for uh, re-election and taking back the White House in 2025 January. That's all
1: this is about. So a decade ago, the Obama administration was caught sending automatic weapons to Mexican drug cartels, and Congress wanted to know more about this. Eric Holder, then the attorney general, had a key role in this, Operation Fast and Furious. You may remember it. So they subpoenaed him, and he ignored the subpoena, and the media applauded. He was taking a noble position. But when Steve Bannon or Peter Navarro tried to do something like that, they went to jail. Again... We had this exact same thing happen in public 10 years ago. A federal judge ruled that Holder's privilege claim was not legitimate, and he was still never arrested. But the rules have changed. Why is that? No one in corporate media ever asked that question. Instead, they celebrated Peter Navarro's arrest, a 70-year-old man at an airport. It made their day. He was indicted, and when you're indicted... You're arrested. What Peter Navarro did, it was so far out of bounds, so indefensible. This prosecution is really about punishing Navarro
0: based on his latent disrespect for the congressional subpoena.
1: His latent disrespect. By the way, there's no constitutional requirement to have respect for anybody in the U.S. government. In fact, in a free country, you're encouraged to disagree. You are a citizen. You have that inherent right. But no more. The media think you should be sent to jail if you show disrespect. And so, of course, with no media to push back against unconstitutional overreach, the Justice Department kept going. Then on June 9th of this year, the FBI arrested a Republican candidate for governor of Michigan. In fact, the candidate who polls show was in the lead. His name is Ryan Kelly. He came on our show to explain what happened next
2: there was no crime committed tucker no never entered the capitol building exercising my first amendment those of us that have questions about the uh, 2020 election results they want to intimidate us and they want to threaten us
1: not just me and my family but my supporters as well all of us that love america i think a lot of americans see right through this tucker they understand what the democrats are up to and
2: it's not a big deal to them they want to know what the what the government is going to do to actually do the things that are affecting their day-to-day life to bring solutions to our state and to our country.
1: Noticing a pattern here? Speak up against Joe Biden. Dare to organize other people to speak up against Joe Biden. Dare to run for office against Joe Biden. And you raise your chances at the FBI showing up at your house exponentially. It took months for us to recognize the pattern. In fact, it took coming to Brazil where this kind of behavior is common, to realize that's exactly what's happening in our country. And as if you needed more evidence, these raids continue. On June 22nd of this month, the feds cornered former Trump attorney, John Eastman, in a parking lot and seized his phone. They didn't even provide a warrant before they did that. Watch. Going to put for me? Can I see the warrant,
2: please?
1: I'd like to see the warrant. I'd like
2: to see the warrant. I'd like to see the warrant. I'd like to see the warrant before you take my property. I want you to see that they took my property before providing me with the warrant. I'd like to
1: read the warrant. Put your hands up. No warrant for you. What did that man do wrong? We still don't know. But again, is if you need more evidence that this is a pattern, that nobody is doing anything to stop, in fact, some Republicans in Washington are abetting it and encouraging it, there's this. A day after that was shot, June 23rd, last week, the FBI searched the home of former Trump DOJ official Jeff Clark. Again, there's no suggestion he committed any crime of anything, that he did anything wrong. What he did was say things that Joe Biden and Joe Biden's Justice Department didn't like, so he was hauled out of his home in his pajamas, for maximum public humiliation at one point, uh, you know twelve agents and two uh, Fairfax County police officers uh, went into my house, uh, searched it for three and a half hours. They even brought along something tucker i 've never seen before uh, or heard of a uh, electronic sniffing dog, and uh, they took all of the electronics from my house uh, and uh, you know i, I don 't blame the the agents I think it, you know what you 're talking about in terms of Weaponization is really about uh, who's pointing the agents and telling them what to do. I just think we're living in an in a era that I don't recognize. And increasingly, uh, Tucker, I, I don't recognize the country anymore with these kinds of Stasi-like things happening. I don't blame the agents, he says. Well, he's, a, he's a bigger man than we are because we do blame the agents. We're the agents who will resign their jobs before participating in the destruction of the U.S. Constitution. We should see them, any of them. Is anyone else noticing this? No. And no one's saying a word. And because no one is, abuses of power escalate. This show has just learned that as of this week, the DOJ's counterterrorism division is prosecuting a lawyer involved in a dispute over election integrity. Counterterrorism aimed at people... Who asked questions about the last election results and by the way if that doesn't pique your interest about what exactly must have happened in the last election nothing will why are they so angry every election of your lifetime has been contested every single one there's not an election a republican wins in which democrats don't say yes the voting machines were rigged no one does a thing but suddenly that's a crime and in this case the lawyer has not attacked the state capital of arizona Writers just did that after Roe v. Wade was overturned. Not a single one was arrested. He didn't burn down a church outside the White House in the name of George Floyd. Instead, like every person we just mentioned, his crime was making Joe Biden mad. According to our Justice Department, he's now a domestic terrorist. Someone needs to stop this before it gets even crazier. Again, this view...
2: And in addition to that, um, the red flag laws say he won't be able to uh, enjoy a Second Amendment. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's uh, it's crazy. And there's more. You know, how about the parents that show up and are now on a terrorist watch list? Yeah. Uh, the parents that show up because the they don't want their children meetings. to be indoctr- indoctrinated. How about In Michael? K-
0: race theory. Yeah. And then
2: Michael Cohen? Yeah. Ma- no, we, we don't like Michael Cohen, right? He, right? he turned on the president and he flipped like a, you know, swine. But here's the thing. They went after him because they knew that this guy was weak and would talk. Right. And uh, there was others. There was uh, the Carter Page and the George Papadopoulos. Yep. There, and, was, there was a you know, ton of others. Th- there's a ton of others. This is, this is not just, an, you know, the list that you heard was long. But there was so much more. How about all the J6 people?
0: And this woman, uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, who now people are saying that uh, the people that were the Trump staffers are denying that uh, she could have possibly witnessed uh, this, uh, I don't know, influencing of the Secret Service agents or whatever, that, you know, that she didn't have the she didn't have the access to the president or the access to Pat Cipollone or to Mark Meadows or whomever that, that, you know, that she's claiming she had, you know. And uh, so I so it's it's for but so many people were. Motivated by her testimony.
2: (laughs) Remember Michael Caputo? He says, Journalists, all day yesterday, Trump assaulted his Secret Service agents and grabbed the wheel of the presidential limo. Headline, news, smoking gun. Secret Service agents. What do they say? That never happened. Right. Journalists. That was never an important part of the testimony.
0: (laughs) Are you kidding? That's what everybody was talking about. She
2: lied through her teeth all day and all night. And, um... You know, uh, by the way, just uh, I just saw this um, unrelated. Cheryl Atkinson says, "From what I can tell, more are not, most are not illegal migrants. Migrants, they are illegal immigrants yeah. since they do not plan to move around back and forth. Migrant has become the dominant term, but is an accurate. It, it is inaccurate. Journalists should rely on facts, not language of advocacy." Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's absolutely true. Very true. And um, oh, uh, and then there was another uh, big victory for the Supreme Court in a 6 to three vote. The Supreme Court just nuked EPA's attempt to create for itself the power to crush the economy by cra- capping emissions, a power Congress never gave to the rogue agency. Roberts wrote the majority opinion with Kagan on the descent, and Kagan made a fool of herself. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And of course the, the one uh, loss for the conservative side was the remain in Mexico policy, uh, which uh, was, which was overturned. But, uh, but considering the amount of wins uh, that have been for the conservative yeah. side in the last few days,
2: I wanted to play this uh, clip from uh, Eva Vla- vlardingerbrook Brook uh, about the uh, left hypocrisy let's take a listen
1: there is uh
0: some kind of unspoken tension between the way one vibrant
1: diversity group meets another diversity group at some of these nightclubs and other activities going on across europe and america
3: oh just a little bit mark no of course there is mm. massive uh, friction between these two groups and that is something that the liberal left is still not willing to talk about after all of these years. We know that gay people are not able to go into these areas and in Sweden whatsoever. Women like myself, I wasn't allowed basically by my, by my employer to go to these areas because they said it was too dangerous for me to go there. And why is it too dangerous for me to go there? Because the large majority of the people in these areas are Muslims that, well, don't exactly feel the way that the left feels about gays and women, as they say. But, you know, yet they are the Mm. same people that are trying to import these people constantly and say that we need open borders and that we're all one happy family. So again, you know, the umbrella Mm. term here is just hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. And the left doesn't care about being hypocrites. And that's something that we as conservatives need to keep pointing out. And they're not the only ones, apparently, who don't care about being hypocrites. I just heard you about Boris Johnson and what he said about Roe v. Wade. I can't believe that this man is still able to call himself a conservative with a straight face, nor someone like Justin Trudeau, who talks about bodily integrity and says, oh, you know, the right for bodily integrity in in Canada will always be sacred, even though he forced everyone to be vaccinated.
2: That always had me scratching my head. You yeah. know how the left endorses the Palestinian Authority yeah. or Muslims uh, simply because they tend to be liberals, yeah. right? And they vote for for people like Obama, yeah. right? Uh, these radical Islamic jihadis right. love Obama, right? Yeah. Um, but you know it's one of those things where it's like, but they, but but they throw, um, they throw. Uh, uh, gay people off of the top of buildings and yet they, they don't get called about that out part. for the endorsement of that. What they, hypocrisy. They, they
0: leave that part out of the story all right, the time.
2: Right. Well that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapact.org and buglecall.org to find out what we're doing to advance America First policies to make America great again. With that, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Cravota. And we'll see you all next time on the radio. Be sure to use Red State over at MyPillow.com. Red State is your promo code for the biggest savings over at my MyPillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Old town in Tennessee
0: A long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see
1: this mess Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to
2: there